Welcome back to Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. All right, we are closing out the month of January in this podcast episode. And um, unfortunately, we are still experiencing the ravages of COVID-19. There is so much conversation around vaccine, the vaccines uh, that we have for the virus. Um, there's much hesitancy in um, in our communities and in communities of color and other communities around the vaccine. And so um, we are going to have a, a conversation today, a serious conversation about the, the impact of COVID-19 on our communities and um, the um, this whole have a real talk conversation on on this vaccine on the the different vaccines that are out there and why we have uh, so much hesitancy around the vaccine. I have a wonderful guest who's going to be with us today, who's very qualified to uh, help us in this conversation on this topic of COVID nineteen and vaccine hesitancy. So we'll be right back with our conversation for this week, right after this. Okay, so I have with me today in the podcast studio, Dr. Emily uh, Haynes Cooper. She was born and reared in Chesapeake, Virginia. She earned a BSED in health education from Virginia uh, Polytechnic Institute and State University. She also earned an MS in biology from Old Dominion University. Um, she graduated from VCU School of Medicine in 2006 with a combined Doctor of Medicine and Master in Health Administration degree. She completed her residency training at the Carolinas Healthcare um, Family Healthcare Family Medicine Residency Program in Charlotte, North Carolina, where she served as chief resident. She also completed an administrative residency with the chief medical officer at Sinatra Healthcare in Norfolk, Virginia in 2005. After residency, Dr. Cooper moved back to the Tidewater area to be near her family and practice outpatient medicine in the Riverside Health System in Newport News and Centaura Healthcare in Chesapeake, Virginia. She never lost her desire to work with underserved populations and was recruited back to Carolina's Healthcare, now Atrium Health, to launch a new model of care in rural Anson County, North Carolina. After successfully getting this new model of care established, she was then recruited back to the Atrium Health Biddle Point to serve as medical director. This multidisciplinary clinic is home to eight board certified physicians, nine residents in training, and many ancillary services. It is also the site of the first food pharmacy established to help impact the social determinants of health and underserved patients in the atrium health system community. She enjoys the opportunity to participate in training future family med medicine physicians. Her clinical interests include adolescent health, women's health, office procedures, and geriatrics. And uh, she has many outside interests and lives in Charlotte suburb with her husband, Brian, and daughter, Dylan. She is also a proud member of <laughs> my beloved Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And so I am so uh, delighted to welcome to the podcast studio today, my soror and our guest for today, Dr. Emily Cooper. Will you help me welcome Dr. Emily Cooper to our podcast audience? Welcome, Dr. Emily. 
Thank you, Dr. Tony. Thank you so much for inviting me to participate in this podcast. Thank you. I, you came highly recommended by uh, a mutual friend uh, and, uh, and colleague, one of your medical colleagues and friend of mine, uh, who happens to also be um, a member of my self-care network. And she also is on the faculty of my uh, self-care retreat. Dr. Talia Clark. She's also been a guest on the podcast. So yes. we uh, we share uh, we share that relationship. We share that friendship. Yes, I heard about Aruba and I'm jealous. So you know, <laughs> I'm gonna have to start coming something. Yes, come on now. Come on. We had a wonderful time in Aruba. We had a wonderful time in Aruba. And um so we are seriously considering taking the retreat back to Aruba next year. So nice. we'll keep you posted on where Please we're going. Do. And you can join us. We go every year in January. Those of you that are listening, our self-care retreat, we kick the year off in self-care, mm -hmm. wellness, and uh, fitness, and all of that. Just all things self-care, all things wellness, all things uh, health, all things fitness, all things women, right? We do that in January every year. And Dr. Salaya is one of our beloved faculty members of that retreat. And so um, when I told her that I wanted to have a conversation about COVID-19 and a vaccine, particularly focusing on the vaccines and mm -hmm. uh, the hesitancy around the vaccines, she she said, I have just the right person for you. And so I'm grateful that you were available and that, that everything worked out for us to have this conversation on today. Yes, so, so let's talk. And I entitled today's um, conversation, Real Talk, COVID-19 and Vaccine Hesitancy, a real talk conversation about it. Mm -hmm. um, so let's now you want me to be real, real? Or just I want real? you to be real, real. <laughs> okay. Real, okay. As real as you want to be, Doc. <laughs> I mean, right. us, give us the truth. I know some people can't handle the truth, but we need it. That part. They cannot. Okay. We need it. Okay. So this, um, the pandemic has taken many lives, the COVID-19 pandemic has taken many lives and it's altered the way we do everything. I mean, everything. You were talking about us going to Aruba. Can I tell you, it was getting to Aruba. We were having, you know, to take tests, to get mm -hmm. on, to go there, we had to take tests. And unfortunately, some of my um, women did not get their tests back in time right. to go um then you know did we had to test to come back to the US so there was the concern of whether or not you know we would get have to stay over there and quarantine thanks be to god no one um had to stay there none of us tested positive going mm -hmm. of course we wouldn't have been able to go if we tested positive going right um and nobody tested positive coming back thanks be to god um but just it's altered the way we travel Mm -hmm. It's altered our church services. I'm a pastor. So it's altered the way we do worship experiences, the right. way we do funerals, the way we do. I remember last year um, I was interviewed by NPR. Mm -hmm. uh, they wanted to talk to pastors in this in the, in Georgia uh, around, um, um, you know, the um, show on NPR here and now. Mm hmm. And so I was one of their guests last year, early in the pandemic in 2020. Uh, so it was actually in 2020 when I was interviewed now. And um, early in, in the, um, in the uh, pandemic, and they interviewed me as a Christian pastor. They interviewed um, a Jewish rabbi. Mm -hmm. They interviewed a Muslim a imam. And they were talking the the title of the um, the um, the conversation was about um, the way COVID nineteen has impacted the faith community, right? Right. And so um, 
maybe that wasn't here and now. Maybe there's another interview. I did another interview with here and now. No, the one I did on here, but here and now was on on voter suppression in Georgia. Oh, okay. That's a whole nother conversation. Whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> that COVID has impacted as well. But, yes. Right. Um, yes. In the way we vote and all of that. Right. So, um, but uh, no, I think it was a local channel 11 here in Atlanta, mm -hmm. a local station that interviewed us. And it, it, the conversation was on um, the way the fate, the way the um the um the pandemic has impacted the faith community and mm -hmm. i talked about uh as a pastor how difficult it was for us to have to do graveside funerals yeah and not mm -hmm. you know and in our culture in african american church culture you know our funerals are part of our sacred you know rites of passage you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and not only do we you know we have the the wake, then we have the funeral service, and then we have the repast where mm -hmm. the families get together afterward and eat and fellowship. And it's it can be like a family reunion for a lot of us because yes. sometimes, unfortunately, we don't even get to That's see, when you see your family. That's right. At, until a funeral, unfortunately. And uh -huh. so in having um just as a pastor, then of course, moving our worship services to mainly live stream. Right. And very few. We just went back to in-person worship with few, with very few people in the sanctuary, still not our full congregation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of our gatherings have changed. Travel has changed. How we do holidays with our family members have changed because of COVID-19. Right. Yes. So talk to us. Why is the COVID-19 virus so different than maybe some of the other viruses because now I'm 58 years old and I've lived through other, you know, um, I don't know if you, maybe not pandemics, but epidemics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like it? H1N1 back in 2010. I remember when we, when the swine flu was mm -hmm. out the bird flu and right. all right. of that. And so but I don't remember any of those things impacting us like COVID-19. Mm -hmm. Can you That's talk true. to us about why is this one so different? Yeah, it, and that's a great question. First, I heard I was getting some feedback. Can you hear me okay? I kind of changed yeah, you're my doing speaker. Yeah, you're, doing, okay. you're doing better. Good. So the, the big thing, the way I like to help people understand the difference, you know, if you look at viruses on a continuum, right? So, you know, you have millions of cold viruses on this end and cold viruses can can make you feel bad. They can give you the cough. They can give you a little bit of the fever. Right. So then as we move along the continuum, flu would be next. And, you know, flu, I tell people if it's the flu, you are down for the count, you know, seven to 10 days. You know, most people will say the flu would feel like a Mack truck hit them. Now, cold viruses usually don't go down into your lungs they're gonna stay your upper airways. So most cold viruses just kind of, your throat gets scratchy. You know, you may have some cough, but you know, you can bring up mucus. The flu virus, while it can also mostly work in your upper airways, there are times that the flu viruses go down in our lungs and can cause a secondary pneumonia. Right. The difference is the COVID virus is primarily a lower lung type of virus. Okay. So yes, it can cause some of those upper airway systems, but where it really kind of gets in and causes a lot of trouble is down in that your lungs, your bronchioles, all of those small mm -hmm. parts. When you see a picture of a lung and it looks like a tree, mm -hmm. that's where COVID works and can cause a lot, a lot of problems. Okay. So it's, you know, if you think about the continuum, your cold is, you know, you're okay, I might feel bad. The flu is okay. Yeah, I definitely feel this and it takes me a while to recover. And then COVID, you know, even though, even within COVID, some people were asymptomatic or had mild symptoms, but COVID really has the potential as we saw to cause a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. And I think you may recall that people talked about, um, you know, even President Obama said, you know, we have to really prepare for a true pandemic. Yeah, so I remember that. Like, he said uh, that he was, uh, I think yeah. it was like, Shortly after he took office. 
Yes, yes. And a true pandemic is where we are, where it is truly affecting the entire earth. So, you know, pan is everything. So it's affecting everybody across the globe. And that's really where we are. And we were grossly unprepared, as you know. We won't even get into the politics, but um, it, it really showed us how quickly something could spread. You know, because they talked about, oh, okay, there might have been one person that came in and we're going to yeah, stop. I remember that. And yeah. then next thing you know, it's like this thing is everywhere. Yeah. And it, it literally is and still is. Two years later, I'm with you. I'm like, Lord, please. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God, can you please? This is a plague. Yes. <laughs> yes. A Bible plague. I'm telling you. Yes. It's just, it, you know, and it's, it's so, it, it's so, it can be so, um, discouraging. I remember when mm -hmm. we were in 2020, um, I remember in January, 2020, mm -hmm. um, my husband went to Chicago and he came home with a, a cold, mm -hmm. but it seemed like it lingered longer. Mm -hmm. and, but you know, we were like, okay, you know, it's just a cold, you know, cold, right. but it seemed like it took him forever to get over that. One. Right. And then I remember I went to Portland, Oregon in, Flo mm -hmm. in February 2020. I had gone to Portland, Oregon, and that's when you started hearing that there was this virus in China. You right. started hearing about it like the end of January that year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I flew like early, early February to Portland, Oregon to minister, to minister for a conference. And I could, I remember hearing the conversation on the news, the CNN, and were reporting about this virus that was in China, or whatever. By the time I got back, I was gone for like four or five days uh, to to Portland, Oregon. By the time okay. I got back, they were saying, you know, there was a case in the U.S. And then by the mm -hmm. then it was only one case; it was isolated. And then all of a sudden. You start hearing it was more cases, more and, more cases. cases and, uh -huh. and then they started just showing the numbers. And by March, yeah, it was shut down. We were shutting yeah. down because yes. it was like the numbers just quadrupled. Yeah. I mean, uh -huh. overnight. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And that's what happens because at that time, you know, we were just really starting to figure out okay, we need to have you know, processes, we need to have tests to detect. So, you know, I'll tell people, they'll say, you know, well, a similar story to your husband. Well, you know, this happened in January or even this happened in December. You think it could have been COVID. And I'm like, it could have been. But of course, we didn't have the testing then. So we might have been calling those things flu, you know, just because it looked like flu. It kind of acted like flu at that point that we knew of. So, yeah. And, just, I, and my husband even said to me, he said, I don't know. I think I might have already had it because... Mm -hmm. Because I mean that cold that was a strange yes for him first of all to be sick because mm -hmm. he doesn't get sick and then it took so long for him to get over it and I remember right. the cough was real deep mm -hmm. and, but he ended up getting over it so you know without any we never he didn't have to go to the hospital or anything right. so eventually right. he just got over it and but I know several people who have said that they think that they had it before. Had it. Mm -hmm. You know, several people say, I think I already had this because I remember I got really sick around that time or whatever. Right. right. Yeah. So, I mean, now there's so much misinformation. <laughs> yes. So much misinformation yes. about COVID-19, about vaccines that seem to be, um, to me, elongating our time. Yes. Agreed. In this pandemic. And, you know, and one of the reasons and I'm going to say this parenthetically, and then I want you to speak to that. One of the reasons that I, um, in this podcast, one of the things that um, I encourage those who listen and watch this podcast to do is to subscribe and share it. But, and I tell them if when you subscribe to my podcast, those of you that are listening, the reason that we do this, and I ask you to, to subscribe to the podcast and share it is because when you subscribe to uh, my YouTube channel, particularly when you mm -hmm. subscribe to my YouTube channel, it causes um, the our algorithm with this podcast. Well, the more people that are tuning into this podcast via YouTube, then when we go to the Google search engines and stuff, 
this right. podcast will come up as a recommend, right. recommendation. Right. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, I ask people to, to subscribe to the podcast because there is, the internet is so full of misinformation, erroneous information, negative yes. information, and really information that's killing people. Yes. And so, and I encourage my listeners to share this podcast and to subscribe to our YouTube channel be- so mm-hmm. that more information like this and we yes. can have more people like you, Dr. Emily, out here giving information, correct information that can mm-hmm. educate our community and help people because the the conspiracy theories and the misinformation and all the stuff that's out there, it's amazing to me Yes, how, how intelligent people can buy into some of those But what are some myths um, that we need to dispel in your estimation uh, when we're talking about COVID-19 and and about viruses, about COVID-19 in particular, and even about vaccines in general? What what is some misinformation or myths Mm -hmm. that are out there that we need to in our conversations around the dinner table, around family, right. I was in the grocery store today, earlier today, and I was standing with um, in the line, and there was a gentleman behind me, um, older white gentleman behind me, and he was actually in a one of those motorized chairs, mm-hmm. um, and um, and he he had a trach, and he didn't have on a mask. And he was talking about, you know, he was just spewing misinformation. I mean, he's in a motorized chair. He's got a trach. Not a trach today. Mm-hmm. No mask. And so he's talking to us, some, some of the people in the line. I had to tune him out because I was like, Lord, please help me. Right. Um, and then a gentleman that, another gentleman that was in the line with us, he said, my father's the same way. He's like, he's one of those anti-maskers, yep. anti-vaxxers. Vaxxer. All, and he's like, you just cannot tell him anything about it. So mm-hmm. so even in our, you know, we're doing this on the podcast, but we're having conversations around the dinner table. Right. At family gatherings. At okay. church. Mm-hmm. What kind mm-hmm. of information and myths do we need to be concerned about? And how can we dispel those? Yeah, that is a great question. And, you know, the the best thing that my husband always says that he tells people is, you know, Google is just a search engine. So it doesn't matter what comes to the top of your search. It's all in, you know, who may have paid for that search to come to the top or that information. So, you know, I just wanted to put that out there when you were kind of leading me to the question. So um, the way I typically answer this question is I like for people to tell me, you know, when they come into my office, Um, I would say, what are some of the questions you have for me? But, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the myths, number one, as far as the spread of COVID, um, let's talk about the mask, you know, that there was, oh, with the mask, you can't breathe. And, oh, if you have asthma or other breathing issues, you shouldn't wear masks. And, oh, you're breathing back in CO2. So none of that is true. Yes. Are the masks uncomfortable? Certainly. Um, is it, is it, you know, I think most of these people are breathing their own bad breath back in, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we said I could be real, but be uh-huh. real. <laughs> so real talk, COVID-19 and real back to the be real, real talk. So what I tell people about masks, remember there's nothing out here, nothing that will a hundred percent prevent you from potentially getting COVID. Okay. Mm-hmm. The mask will help decrease your risk, especially if, you know, I'm coming in time. If you and I were sitting in the same room, we would be in masks, right? Because right. my mask protects you, your right. mask protects me. Right. Exactly. So that's, that's number one. Say that again. You know, my mask protects you. You. And your, your mask protects, protects me. That's okay. right. Because, you right. know, if you think about it, if you're coughing or sneezing and it's going in your mask, then it's not, those particles are not floating in the air and hitting mm-hmm. me. 
mm-hmm. or fewer particles are, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's the first thing because that's the, the number one thing that people want to say. Masks don't make a difference. They don't matter. They don't protect you. They do. The problem is when you have that person who's trying to say, oh, it's 100%. There's nothing that's 100%. Nothing okay? 100%. Exactly. Um, so that's one myth that I like to try to dispel with people about the mask. That's that all um, nothing mentality. Yes, because if it doesn't work all the way, it doesn't work at all. And right, you know, right. that's not true. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with the vaccine. People mm-hmm. say, well, what's the point in getting the vaccine if you can still get it? Well, what we have absolutely seen, especially with Omicron, is that people who are vaccinated and boosted, um, that their uh, time of their illness is less. Um, they will have, uh, their illness is not as severe Um, We still have folks who may be immunocompromised, um, elderly adults who have other medical problems that they can still have hospitalization and serious illness. But for the most part, if you're vaccinated and boosted, um, that if you come across Omicron, your illness is not going to be as severe. And honestly, I was a witness of that with my sister, who is a breast cancer survivor. She has multiple medical problems. She told me she had COVID. I immediately prayed, but still in two days she was feeling much better and we just did not see that prior to the vaccine coming along it was if you got covid you pray and hopefully you're one of the ones that does okay right so yes we know the vaccines make a difference we know the mask makes the mask make a difference in transmission of the virus because there's nothing that's 100 percent, and that's two minutes right off the bat that but people don't want to hear that you know like you said it's the all or nothing Um, Another myth is that uh, you're getting live virus with the vaccine. You are not getting a live virus. We've all seen that picture of the vaccines where it has like the little spikes coming off of the little ball, you know, that picture of COVID-19. So what they did, now the science is not new, right? This mRNA, they've been researching this for decades and this was the opportunity to put all of that work. So it's that whole preparation meets opportunity, right? right so right. they were preparing and doing the research. Right. COVID-19 gave the opportunity to use this research. Okay. So your mRNA is like your transcriptionist, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, the information is given to this transcriptionist and she just spits it out. He or she was not right. being gender specific. So when you have the spikes of the protein, what they did was they put the spikes in the the information for the spikes in the vaccine, mm-hmm. send it to put it in mRNA, so that when it meets your cell, your cell says, "Hey, that's a foreign object. We need to make the antibody to fight it." And okay. so it creates the antibody against that spike. It destroys the spike. Is gone. Okay. So there ain't no microchip in the vaccine. Ain't no magnets in the vaccine. I haven't grown extra ears. I've had three vaccines. With you through the vaccine. That ain't nobody tracking you. You know how they're tracking you is your cell phone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they don't say anything about that. You know, they'll say I've heard, you know, because you know, you know, with your cell phone, you could be talking about something, and the next thing you know, you got advertising yeah. yes. stuff. And so you know they're listening and they're watching. And I'll be yes. about that tracking, right? That's right. That's right. Tracking me through a shot. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you go ahead and make some little threat or use the B-O-M-B word and you think the feds ain't going to come knocking on your door after you talking on the cell phone. Right. But anyway. Right. Yo, yo folks, Dr. And here's, here's the other one that gets me, though, uh, Dr. Emily. Now, I, I'm just going to say this. I got to yeah. say this. I got, we, this real talk, right? I got to say yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand people who say stuff like, I ain't going to take that vaccine because you don't know what's in it. But you go to Popeye's Chicken. Say that. McDonald's. You go eat all, you go to restaurants, what mm-hmm. of any sort. You don't know what is in that. At all. But you, but you eat it. Eat it. I mean, yeah. you stand in line for it. We don't, you don't know what's in Tylenol, but you take it. Or Advil or Motrin, pick your pain reliever. You don't know what's in that, but you take and it. You know, and I'm okay. not saying, and here's my thing. I have friends who do not do vaccines. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. We have a couple in our church who they don't do vaccines, but mm-hmm. they're very health conscious. They, mm-hmm. they do a lot of um, 
supplements. Mm -hmm. They are vegetarians. They're extremely health conscious kind of people. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. So the I so I don't so I'm not. This show is not to push the vaccine on anyone. Absolutely. I just have the conversation about the hesitancy right. and why there is hesitancy. And what mm-hmm. can we do to help those? Because there are those of us who who need it, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I don't want people who really need to take the vaccine to not take it based on some misinformation, on misinformation. or something out there that just is not true, right? That's just not right. True. So, so, and, and like I said, I I know I got healthy. I got friends who are very health conscious. They don't take the vaccine. They, they don't believe in vaccines or whatever. They don't mm-hmm. take any vaccine. Not just, not just the COVID vaccine. They don't take flu shots, stuff like that. Okay, mm-hmm. fine, all right. But and that's and I feel like it's a personal choice. Mm-hmm. It is. However, I just don't. I just think that if you're going to not take the vaccine, have a um, educated informed opinion mm-hmm. yes that's what i'm trying to say yes and what cousin pookie or ray ray or them down the street said is not informed because that's the other thing well so-and-so told me this or so-and-so told me that and typically you know my question i'm a different type of doctor so usually my question is well what medical school did they go to or did they do research are they a researcher they got a phd <laughs> and often they just look at like my <laughs> so, my, you know, I'm, I'm a different type you know my husband says sometimes so you think your google search is tantamount <laughs> to my years of studying and preparation my THM, my d-man you think that your little google search is tantamount to that exactly okay all right yeah yeah, yeah exactly. now what's really interesting though about it is um Growing up, we had to be vaccinated to go to school. Mm-hmm. Measles. I remember, I mean, mm-hmm. my children, I had, you know, mm-hmm. to get them in school, we had to be vaccinated. My daughter, right. even today, at um, she's at in, in grad school at, at Ohio State. And before she left this summer, she had to send her immunization records over. Yes. So, I mean, so we had to have vaccines for school, measles, chicken mm-hmm. pox. You know, I, I travel, so I have to. When I went to Africa and places like that, I had to take That's right. You have your, your travel vaccines. That's right. Travel vaccines, and I even mm-hmm. had malaria pills to go right. to India and mm-hmm. things like that. So, why does this seem to be a rise in vaccine hesitancy today? It seems like to me yeah. it's a little more. I don't know. Maybe it's always been there mm-hmm. in our community, but for some reason, it seems heightened to me. You know, and th- and this is my opinion, of course, um, is I call it the Jenny McCarthy effect. When they there was the talk of, you know, this vaccine causes autism and this vaccine causes autism, even no matter how much we pulled out study after study after study that found no correlation, then it just kind of took hold. And even though now more people are like, okay, yeah, I get it. You know, the well, I think it was MMR maybe. MMR vaccine doesn't cause um, autism, but then it just opened the door. So now, you know, people are showing videos of this is what happened to, you know, my child after they took this vaccine, or this is what happened. And, you know, people see that now we're in more of a digital age, right? Okay. So it was easy to post that video. The information is there without being able to have the backdrop. The information and the misinformation is more readily accessible. Correct. Ah. And and it pulls more at your heartstrings when you see this young teenager who was perfectly fine last week. And according to the parent now, two months after this shot, this has happened, you know? So you add that in and then more mistrust of, healthcare and doctors in general, like I feel like it's worse now than when I became a doctor where people just don't trust, you know, the information that the things that we share, right? You know, they want to question this or, you know, well, I'm a free thinker and, you know, I'm gonna look it up for myself. But again, when you're doing a Google search, it is simply a search engine. So depending on how you type things in, you know, when you're looking for things, you type in a certain way, yeah. it, 
it will vary what's going to pop up. Yeah. So, so that's what I say. It was going to read and what you want to hear too. Exactly. Exactly. What you, what you decide you want to believe. Um, and then if you of course find another group that's similar thinking to you, okay. Yeah. They think similar to I do. So this, this is the way to go. So I, I really think it didn't start with COVID. It started and has just, this is the result. So I know you don't want to talk political, but I think we should. Yeah, that's fine. So do you think that the um, politicization Mm -hmm. of COVID with this last, with the Trump administration, do you think that this, that had any impact on where we are? I absolutely do. Because you had someone who, you know, always is not real and it's the Chinese virus and, you know, put the bleach in your arm, you know, all of the foolishness that was put out there, not the, the blatant mistrust of the people you had standing with you trying to educate Dr. Fauci and the other folks from the CDC, that on top of, you know, with science, the way we learn in science, right, you do an experiment, it may not work, but you'll learn, you know, well, this is really what you should do to make it work, but you'll also learn what this is what doesn't make it work. So with science, it's always a question, you know, is this the way that the COVID vaccine is spread? Is this really where it came from? So you combine the political side with people not really understanding science because yes, things change. We, we all know that the information changed, but that's because we learned more about it. So we learned about it as it's, it was evolving. We're still learning, right? Because even though we're two years into this, we still don't know those folks who had COVID in 2020 and survived. Are there going to be any late effects in 2025, right? So we're still learning, but people, they just see, okay, well, the CDC changed this or they changed that. It must be a lie. No, that's called science and the scientific process. So when you had the politics playing such a big role and all the drama that he created, you know, so you have a lot of his followers who are like, I'm not getting vaccinated. I'm not doing this. And you're seeing it all the time that they're dropping like flies with COVID. Um, and on the backside, you know, Republicans who, you know, supported him in public, oh, they were going to get those vaccines in private. They were going to get in the treatment just like he did when he got it. So exactly. you're exactly. saying one thing and doing another, but people no. don't want to point that out. Yeah, so, people die listening to that. Yes, see, and still dying. Yep, yep, die mm-hmm. listening to that and follow and following that. So you talk about um, the mask, wearing the mask, anti-maskers, and and all of that. Mm-hmm. You said that wearing a mask does not prevent us from catching, but it does help mitigate to decrease uh, the transmission. Mm-hmm. decreases the transmission and especially when you wear it over your nose that's the other thing that drives me crazy about that talk a little more about that yes so you know your the droplets so think about when you sneeze and cough right Mm -hmm. that um most of those droplets that you expel come out of your mouth but there are some you know that come out your nose especially if you have a lot of mucus you know especially little kids we'll we'll put it on little kids because you know thinking about it as an adult is kind of gross your child sneezes or coughs, the mucus comes out of their nose. Right. So it's the same thing. If you're sneezing and coughing, your mask is down. Yes, your mouth is covered, but you can still have droplets that spew out of your nose that can fly. (laughs) So wearing that mask above the nose, I mean, the nose to the chin, that's what I tell people, pull it up. You know, it's got to cover your nose and your mask. So that's how it decreases the transmission. Now you can still have droplets that come out the side of your mask, the top of your mask, um, mm-hmm. and those things can still fly and hit people, but it's going to be much fewer than if you're not masked at all, you know? Okay. So those, there's some videos and all that are completely disgusting, even for me as a doctor, where it shows, you know, people sneezing and coughing and it shows the droplets and how they spread. Yes. So we want that to go in their mask and then they can change their mask and put on a new one. Right. But we don't want that going in the air. And I think COVID just, and you know, we all kind of, most of us, I should say, felt that, you know, because you think about somebody sneezing or coughing behind you and you're just like, ill, icky. 
now with COVID, that's magnified because it's like, yeah, oh my God, you just gave me COVID. And when you do sneeze or cough, you want to, you're like, you want to tell everybody, it ain't COVID. It ain't COVID, right. You're like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Right. I, went, I was at a meeting this week and I sat down and you know how sometimes, and I had on my mask, because sometimes with me, the mask makes my nose run. Mm-hmm. You know, if mm-hmm. I have it on, I'll find that my nose runs yeah. from having the mask on. Of course, I keep it on, and then of course I blow my nose when I need to. But um, so I sneezed in this meeting, right? And first thing I thought was, Lord, these people gonna think I got COVID. <laughs> I was like, I don't have COVID. I or even, but you know, and you know, in 2020, when it first hit, and this is not, mm-hmm. I'm not laughing because it's funny because people really did. You mean it was it was the mental right. I'm getting listen. I have um, one of the shows I got coming up was going to be talk. We're going to talk about pandemic PT PTSD, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the mental, like I, I remember when in 2020 when we were really shut down when we weren't going anywhere and right. everybody was home working from home. Nobody. The world was shut down. And I remember, like, you would, if you felt something, you would be thinking, oh, Lord, is, is, is this COVID? You know, yeah. your mind would play tricks on you. Or mm-hmm. you, would, you would be breathing and trying to make sure mm-hmm. you, know, you hold your, they said, well, hold your breath. And if you can hold your breath for so many minutes. <laughs> you know, oh, I remember, I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh I mean, and you just, you the mental, the mental stress mm-hmm. of it all, right? Um, of just you know, just wanting to make sure that you're not, you're not infected, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. that you're not around anybody that's infected. That's infected, right? And then now right. the Omicron, the Omicron variant. So talk about the different variants. We had uh, mm-hmm. the Delta, the original, the original. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, and um, and then now we have this Omicron. Right. So we had we've had three, right, or two? We have had. Well, actually, we're further down the the alphabet. I think these are the major ones that have really kind of come up and made a um, made themselves known. I would say. Okay. You know? So talk to us about those three that have made. Yeah. Them. So the the original, if you will, um, we know the transmissibility of that one was it was about one to I want to say it was one to three or something and like that's that. So, everybody, but they were telling us you can touch people. Right. It was right. transmitted through touch. Yes. All of that. Yes. Like, yes. And we wiping down right. our counters and wiping everything. counters, wiping down the milk jug. Girl, I was wiping everything. Just <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was the first one exposed in my clinic, actually. It was March of 2020. And um, I had just taken my parents back to Virginia and, you know, the pandemic was really kind of starting to heat up and I was actually going to AKA regional conference. So I took my parents home to Chesapeake and then went to Richmond for the conference. And, you know, my, um, uh, my roommate and I, who we um, crossed together in undergrad, we decided, okay, you know, we probably are not comfortable staying. Um, I hope they in the conference early, which they did. So come back to work. My office never closed at all during the pandemic. Some offices did. Ours was one that stayed open um, because we serve an underserved community. So mm-hmm. we could not leave our patients hanging, right? Because they have nowhere else to go. Okay. So that next week had a couple come in and um, an older couple and a gentleman you know, had cut the grass and he was like, well, I think I'm having symptoms. You know, I cut the grass and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. let's test you, you know, sounds mm-hmm. plausible that it's just allergies, but let's test you. He ended okay. up with COVID. He was in the hospital for two months. So I'm sweating bullets for a week because I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I, I'm in the room with wow. him, really not thinking it was COVID. I was masked and, and I had gloves on, but uh, we really weren't doing the PPE yet. I mean, this was literally like March 15th, 16th of 2020. So, um, and he actually survived. He was in the hospital for about six weeks or so, and he he survived and is doing well. But um, I just remember, you know, being terrified. I slept downstairs in the basement because I didn't want to expose my husband and my then four-year-old, you know. So I'm like, well, 
you know, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the original was you could transmit it. It was about one to three. We look at spread, you know, how many when they can do contract contact tracing. Um, if you have your patient zero, right, even though zero is typically the original, original person, but you still look at kind of who gave you COVID, right? So with the first one, contact tracing was a little bit easier because most folks could kind of link back to who had it. And that transmissibility was about one to three. So then, you know, we're all unvaccinated then. So COVID literally has a playground. That's what I call it. In the unvaccinated person, mutations will happen anyway. That's how we end up with millions of cold viruses. Okay. So COVID gets in an unvaccinated person, it, it mutates. That's that's just what COVID does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the role of the vaccine was if we can get most people vaccinated, you hear about herd immunity, mm-hmm. then cut down on how long COVID can hang out in the body and mm-hmm. mutate, right? Because the vaccine being cut cuts down on more severe illness. So Mm -hmm. COVID doesn't have a lot of time to replicate, 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 cause a lot of problems, mutate, because you know, you make a bunch of copies, one of them is going to look funny. So that is your mutation. So um, then we get to Delta. So Delta comes along and we have people who are vaccinated, starting to get more and more people vaccinated, Mm -hmm. still a lot of people unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. So it still has... A playground in which to hang out longer and cause a lot of trouble and make a bunch of copies and have errors and end up with mutations. Um, and Delta was more transmissible than the original. So okay. with Delta, we were looking at one person could have potentially infected six people versus one to three with the original. Delta was uh, much worse than people who were unvaccinated. So we had quite a few people, unfortunately, pass away who had COVID, much more severe illness more people that you consider your long haulers are still mm-hmm. short of breath, mm-hmm. they're still really tired. Um, people with heart um, heart disease now after having COVID, that sort of thing is what we saw with Delta. Along comes Omicron. Omicron is even more transmissible. They're still even trying to figure it out. They're thinking it's double what Delta. So if Delta was one to six, they're thinking Omicron potentially is one to 10. You also have symptoms sooner. Your time that you're infected with Omicron, if you remember, just to put a pin in that, to go back to the original, we said, okay, if you were exposed, you got to wait, you know, up to 14 days. Right. You have symptoms. Right. With Delta, people typically have symptoms within about seven to 10 days. Omicron right. is two to five. So you gonna have symptoms by day two after being exposed. So it's spreading much more quickly. Omicron is everywhere everywhere. Um, People, it feels like a cold for a lot of people, um, especially if they're vaccinated. It still is wreaking a lot of havoc on the unvaccinated, like Omicron and Delta, both in unvaccinated individuals is really causing very severe illness. Our ERs are overrun. You know, people complain they've been sitting in the ER for hours. Um, Our ICUs are full again, just like it was in the beginning. Um, So, Omicron and Delta are really almost the the COVID and the unvaccinated. Like it's like your vaccine came. Delta and Omicron are really wreaking havoc in unvaccinated people. Wow! Wow! Mm-hmm. Can you can you talk to us about um, maybe? I know that one one of the things that the COVID virus do, did, uh, particularly in communities of color, they mm-hmm. were was hard on us because of other pre-existing conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure, high mm-hmm. cholesterol. And one of the, my messages on self-care, health, and wellness is preventative care is always better than, yes, than you know, main, main, you know, this, this kind of maintaining care or maintenance. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Healthcare yeah. is better. It's than, better. Right. Just focus on prevention versus treating conditions. Yeah. Yes. So how can you talk to us about the importance of staying healthy so that Mm -hmm. you do get a virus like COVID-19? That how 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 does a healthy body? Yeah. Maybe, you know, of course, we know that ultimately it's God that keeps us healthy. Mm -hmm. 
we have to do our part. I teach my people Absolutely. we have to do our part. So you talk to us about the importance of how would a healthy, how should a healthy body respond? Because like you said, there's nothing that will say because I'm healthy that I won't get the virus. Right. But what are my chances of beating or, or overcoming or living beyond the virus without long-term heart effects on me if I'm already healthy and continuing to take care of myself with, you know, eating right, exercise, mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. work. Those things play a big role just because if you, if your body's not already fighting something like diabetes and blood pressure and even obesity, we know that that's a primary um, uh, factor that leads to poor outcomes. So, you know, if you're focused on being healthy, eating properly, exercising, controlling your weight, Mm -hmm. that makes a big difference. What we don't know, and I can't really say at this point, is if you are healthy and you do survive COVID, um, because we've had you know young people and all who were healthy who unfortunately didn't, that that means you won't necessarily have the long term effects because that goes back to okay. we're still in the middle of this, still learning. Okay. But certainly, if you come into it healthy with very few medical problems, no medications, your chances are much better than someone who's on multiple medications um, is overweight. And we know that that's a, a big difference. So I tell people, yes, let's be healthy. Let's start, wear the mask, stay six feet away, you know, support your local restaurant, but get your food to go. Don't sit in the restaurant if you can afford it, especially some of the local places that you want to support that may have a smaller dining room, right? Because you're, you're bound to be within six feet of someone you don't know. Mm-hmm. So being really smart just about how you function in daily life. You know, if you have a supervisor that, you know, that person likes to take their mask off in their office. Like the only reason I'm sitting in my office with my mask off is because I'm on this podcast. We and, keep our masks on and, and all day. And right. right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, if I'm going to take my mask off, I close my office door because if I leave it open, I have my mask off and somebody comes in to talk to me. You know, by the time I get my mask on, I put okay. them at risk potentially, right? right? So that's how I would say use your health, but you still have to use wisdom. You know, okay. and that's what my pastor says a lot. God gave us wisdom. So let's right, wear right. the mask. Let's yeah. stay six yeah. feet apart. Get your food to go in a restaurant. You know, don't sit there and eat. You can still support the restaurant. Get your food to go. Okay. Um, so that's that's where I would put the focus as far as okay. the health. And what about travel? Because, you know, we have, you know, we have some people (laughs) who, you know, have allowed the vaccine to just keep them from doing anything. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? I mean, um, along the same lines of what you're just saying in terms of travel and family gatherings and things of that nature, how should we conduct ourselves? Well, you know, I, uh, so I, I love to travel and I miss it very much. <laughs> so, um, you know, and actually when you brought up funerals, um, my father passed in June of 2020. He, he did not have COVID, but like you said, we were not able to really celebrate him mm-hmm. the way we normally would have. Um, and so we did actually, the church did not have a repass. Um, they gave us money. We kind of got some food together. Um, which was very nice because we weren't expecting that. But we had family come by and we kind of packaged their food. Those of us who packaged it, masks, gloves, you know, apron, the whole thing. Um, And that's how we did that. But everybody had to keep their mask on when they came in my mom's house and we wiped everything down. Mm -hmm. So what I would say about family gatherings is what we've learned, right, in this pandemic, Mm -hmm. that the numbers have gone up after Thanksgiving, the numbers have gone up after Christmas. And so it makes it hard because, you know, of course, the first year in 2020, people just kind of didn't get together at all. Okay. And then in 2021, it was like, well, you know, I miss my family. I want to see them. Um, And I absolutely get that because as we speak, my mother's on the way to my house to stay with us for a few weeks. But when this large family, you got to keep the mask on because you still don't know. All it takes is that one person you know, your cousin brings his girlfriend who, you know, is doesn't realize that 
she's sick and it runs through the family. And that's what happens. You know, they're like, well, it was just, you know, this group of family or that group of family. But all it takes is that one person who's not yet having symptoms that they're aware of or they're asymptomatic and they're carrying the virus and shedding it, meaning that they can infect others and the whole family gets it. So I think it's just about being very, very careful, setting guidelines. Yeah. Um, now, if you well, want, if you got take your mask. Don't take your mask off. Don't take your mask off. Wear your yeah. mask. Wipe stuff down. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And before Omicron, where tests were a little more available, then I would have said, okay, you know, test a couple of days prior, but stay. You know, don't go around other people. If you can already be off work, do that because at least then you know you're not taking grandmama you know, the virus. Mm-hmm. But now because there aren't many tests available because Omicron is everywhere, we can't even really do that and just be like, okay, well, I'll test before I go. And even still, you might test before you go because I have a, co- a colleague who tested before she went home for Christmas. She developed symptoms Christmas morning and she was positive. She was already at her mother's house. So it, it's hard and I get it. You know, you want to see your family. You want to be around them. You just have to really think about it and who's coming and what are we doing? You know, if you can't trust cousin to isolate before they come, they can't come, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. And as far as travel, um, we actually did go on a trip in November. Um, we, and I, we just, we all prayed about it. It was just like, okay, it was a family trip to kind of, yeah. Um, we took my mom to, you know, almost like celebrate my dad's life and my siblings, two of my three siblings went with their spouses. And, um, but we were still, we were in the Dominican and it was hot, but we had that mask on out and about, you know, we were in Aruba, we wore those masks. Um, and, um, I've traveled throughout the pandemic. We took my mom, my mom passed away last year in May and Mm -hmm. last year in, um, this time last year, uh, we were preparing to take her to Hawaii. She, we, um, we found out that her cancer had returned mm-hmm. uh, in January of 2021, and um, she, um, so she wanted to go to Hawaii. That was something she wanted to do. And my sisters and I, we prayed about it. We talked. Mom wanted to go, masked up, did what we had to do, and we took her to Hawaii. And that was our last vacation with our mom. Yeah. So. You know, but we were, you know, we did what we had to do. We, we right. were very safe and careful mm-hmm. as we could. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've traveled several other times since then uh, in the pandemic with my husband, by myself, with girlfriends, with family. Right. But each time it's been, you know, I'm not just out here, you know, even right. when we went to Aruba, our group, we stayed with each other in terms of mm-hmm. when we did things, we did stuff as a group. We didn't go out right. on excursions with other people that right. we didn't know. Right. We didn't do that. We pretty much stayed uh-huh. in our area where we were, the resort, and they were extremely Aruba. I mean, over there, it's required. Like, over here, people have people talking about they're not going to wear a mask. Not in Aruba. Everybody right. wears a mask. It's, it's mandated. Right. And, um, and in some of these countries, other countries, they're better with it than we are. Uh-huh. They are. They are. So, you know, I told somebody you're probably more likely to get um, COVID in Atlanta than you are in Aruba, but that part. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Dr. Emily Cooper, I have kept you long enough. You have been so gracious, so, so, so gracious. You've given us so much to think about, um, so much information. Um, yeah. And I appreciate that. You gave us real talk information you gave us things that we can consider um mm-hmm. hopefully um those that are listening to this podcast i do want to let y'all know where you can find us if you're listening um this is harmonize your life conversations on self-care for women of color with dr tony alvarado this podcast you can find on apple on anchor podcast apple podcast google podcast spotify and the lightatl.live uh, internet radio. So I want to let you know that you can also find us on my YouTube channel at Dr. Tony G Alvarado. 
Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. And as I said earlier, if you're listening and you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, please go to my YouTube channel and just subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything to subscribe, share the podcast with others. This is a worthy conversation that maybe you may want to sit down with some friends and family and listen to this conversation that I'm having today or that I've had today with Dr. Emily Cooper. I also um, want to um, encourage ladies um, to join those of you that are listening and watching, join the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network. We started this network in 2020. It's almost two years, well, almost two years in, in June, it'll be two years since we've started this network. And we have women from all over the country and even other parts of the world. We even have a sister in Germany that's a part of this wow. self-care network. Um, and so come come on into this network with us. We have, um, you when you come into the network, you get invited to special events with me like Deep Time with Dr. Tony, where I bring in guests and uh, we have real conversations. We bring in people like Dr. Emily to come into those settings with us as well, where you're listening to the podcast, but in the tea time conversation, you actually get to talk with other women and presenters that we bring into that setting. And then there are other um, special things that we offer for the women who are part of the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network. Come on and be a part of this community. We are a community about wholeness, about holistic living, about self-care, health, wellness, fitness, and fun. Uh, we believe in having fun with our fitness as well. So come on into this network so we can support you in your self-care, health, and wellness journey. I also want to um, let you know that we are finishing up our fitness challenge. You, you still have time to join Dr. Tony's fitness challenge. We have them periodically, periodically throughout the year. I offer a challenge, a fitness challenge, and encourage women to get fit and exercise. While you're there on my website, go to um, um, to my website at drtonyalvarado.com and get um, the um, and per and purchase our fitness um, um, apparel. There we have uh, fitness apparel there that you can purchase on my website at drtonyalvarado.com. Fitness pants, yoga pants, t-shirts, tanks. We even have sweatshirts. It's still winter time. We have sweatshirts. Self-care, harmony, all those kind of things that you can be cute while you're walking in the park and working out. Our guest for today is Dr. Emily Cooper. She is um, a, a resident. She is a medical doctor uh, um, there at Biddle Point Family Practice in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can mm -hmm. look her up. On the at atriumhealth.org. I'll put the name of her organization back up. It's Biddle Point Family Practice in Charlotte, North Carolina. Highly recommended by one of our very trusted voices on this podcast, a member of our self-care network, Dr. Talia Clark. And so she recommended uh, Dr. Emily and um, I'm so grateful for this conversation that we have had. You can find her at the atriumhealth.org. Dr. Emily, thank you again for joining our conversation on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with, uh, with, with us today. Do you have any final word that you want to share with our audience before we, before we go? I just wanted to quickly thank you again for the invitation. Um, and I'll thank Talia for... Um, putting my name out there and just want to, you know, remind people just to take care of yourself. Be careful where you're getting your information from. Um, and if you have questions, talk to your doctor. Um, and I like to tell people whenever I've done these talks that if you feel that your doctor is not listening to you um, or, you know, you don't like something your doctor has done or said, at least give your doctor the opportunity to address it. Um, before you just say, oh, I'm just going to leave. Because when we have patients that just leave and we have no idea what happened, um, it makes it difficult. So, you know, we're human. We have a rough day as well. Give your doctor an opportunity and talk to them. Let them know your concerns. And if you still feel that they're not helping you or they're not listening to you, then go to somebody else. Because I, I want all patients who come to see me that, to know that this is a partnership the physician, the patient, we're in a partnership. I can't work harder than you to take care of yourself. So 
just know that. Know that you do not have to stay with a doctor who you feel is not listening to you, but at least let them know and give them an opportunity to change. So I just wanted to leave you with that. Um, and it's been an absolute pleasure to be a part of this conversation today. Well, thank you, Sora. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. And this will not be your last time on this podcast. Yes, ma'am. I look forward to coming back. Right. And then we got to get you at the retreat and all yes. that stuff too. All right. Okay. Thank you again. We'll talk to you. Real all right. Take care. You too. Hi, this is Dr. Tony Alvarado. And I want to personally invite you to join the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network. Join us for fitness motivation, health and wellness information, inspiration, self-care strategies, and ideas for creating harmony in your life. As a certified health and wellness coach, it is one of my greatest honors to support women in their fitness, health, wellness, and self-care goals. Join the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network, and we will do you good on your journey.